0: to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo. And I've got him, the man himself. It's Mr. 159. It's Pistol. How are you, champion? <laughs> I'm doing quite well. Thanks, Chizo. I think I've peaked in my
1: Supercoach performance of the year right before the round 15 by, but um, I'm feeling pretty happy with myself at the moment.
0: Look, from what I hear, JB doesn't have any fingernails left. Obviously, his 164, Mr. 164 from 2019 is, you know, he's getting a little bit nervous with you already ahead of that that last uh, the score from last year, but uh, um, you, you're not too worried that you're going to be breaking that this year, you reckon?
1: No, I think, unfortunately, the best-case scenario for me would just be to hold ground for the next four weeks, uh, particularly this week. I'm in a little bit of trouble, um, I think, I'm going to definitely have 18 but in terms of premiums versus rookies and the amount that I'm able to field I think it's going to be below average so I'm going to need some Riccardi like scores from my rookies this week just to maintain and if I can get through this week then I should go okay for the other rounds Um, not too worried you know I'll, I'll, I'll be full primo at the end of this week as well so if there's a little carnage and I manage to get a bit lucky and avoid it, maybe I can hold. But um, I definitely don't expect to improve upon this rank. But it would be very nice to beat
0: JB's 164 from last season. <laughs> Look, I, I wouldn't be relying on Riccardi if you're playing AFL 4 ratings instead of rankings points. Because <laughs> scoring a, a solid zero for a, 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 a rising star, a star nominee is uh, certainly interesting, mate. I, I think you know you're doing well this year. JB 164 last year. Is 2021 the year of the cheese? I'll probably be me again. Be <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: kidding. It's uh, yeah. It's everyone's turn. We'll take turns. I, I don't mind as long as I'm one spot behind you and you beat my whatever. You know, I finish this season, then I won't be <laughs> too
0: disappointed. I think Chizo. It, it's just how cheese goes. We just got it. It takes a few years to mature. You know what I mean. <laughs> so I mean, I, I had a big week. I scored two hundred. I scored two
1: thousand two hundred and twenty-eight. <laughs> So two 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 eight, which I was pretty pleased about. A little bit of a terrible Sunday. Otherwise, I would have been pushing the twenty three hundred mark. But I can't really complain because mostly everything else went right for me this week.
0: Um, Chizo, how did you go this week? Uh, twenty ninety seven. Took a uh, a late flyer on Jack Martin, possibly outscoring Riccardi, which in hindsight. You know, I would have rathered that 23 points. But I, I knew based on who was going to be my 19th scorer at that stage that was I willing to risk losing 23 points if Jack Martin had a stinker at the chance of him backing up 144 the week before – I thought that was an all right risk to go for. And so, you know, I paid the price of 23 points, but, I, you know, given the, the same situation again, I pr- i don't learn very quickly, Pistol. I would probably do it again. Uh, the, the only thing that we have we can, like, take away from 2020 is all those jokes we made in previous years about you having an inside source at Champion Data or, um, you know, Supercoach giving you extra trades, for example. It seems to come to fruition this year. You've You've, like, really snuck that in, under the radar like you, you've you've done your work in the offseason to give you more trades because you're burning through them just I, so you don't run out <laughs>
1: i you know what i did this season i, I will say i have gotten more ex, extra trades this year however everyone so else did as well so <laughs> you know kind of it, it favored my play style this year um when we've been able to get extra trades i will say though Chizzo, last week after the podcast i was thinking about what we were saying um particularly around the break evens of some of the cheaper players and i was I was tossing up between getting in May or Jack Martin. And I was like, why Why am I dead set on getting Jack Martin this week when he's got a break-even of 101? And May has a break-even of 36, I think it was. And I'm like, what am I doing? I just have to think about it um, a little bit more. So last week, bringing in May over Jack Martin nearly gained me 100 points. So that, that
0: was a, a massive tick. Probably one of my better trades for this season. So you admit, that you're just like a lot of other fantasy podcasts that tell people one thing and then do another, so you can try and separate <laughs> yourself from the pack. That, that's what you're telling me.
1: No, what happened was I listened to our no, podcast, no, 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 and no, then I was I, like,
0: I, "That's good advice, Cheezo.
1: I should listen to what you're saying and then change my <laughs> trades." Uh, upon reviewing the podcast,
0: I'm taking full credit for that, mate. <laughs> I, I could have even gone down to see your boy Stevie May in action this week, this Thursday, up in Cairns. But having prior commitments with Mrs. Cheezo back in Townsville, I'm going to miss it. Isn't that funny that I wait so long to get football in my area and then I bugger off somewhere else while it's happening? It's, and you call yourself a Melbourne supporter. <laughs> but I get to go see the Ds and the Dockers. I've been waiting for that one all year, Pistol. So, uh, no, I haven't. But
1: I really hope uh, Darcy Crash plays <laughs> for you. I mean, imagine if he's rested that round. It would be an actual nightmare. <laughs>
0: Uh, We'll get into some housekeeping before we get on. Uh, We had no Patreon sign-ups this week, uh, but we do still have the cup-going pistol, and it is basically a Cinderella story, with your boy Cheezo into the final eight teams, into the (laughs) quarterfinals. Uh, at this point, there's no allegations of match fixing because I've come up against some really decent teams. I mean, Roger was only uh, he was ranked eleven thousand last week, so that was a, a pretty decent matchup, you would say. Um, <laughs> but getting through to the quarterfinals is, is is pretty fantastic, and uh, I, I think we're all behind the Cinderella story that is Chizo. Chizo, my opponent that knocked me out in round two, has come from like.
1: Literally had to win a spot in round one to, to basically qualify for the cup when other people had buys, and he's still in the cup at the, mom, at the moment. So, um, I don't know what you consider a fairy tale story, but <laughs> I, I
0: don't quite think that you're, you're the one that people will be supporting. What about the fairy tale story uh, of General Saunas, who went up from fourth to third overall this week, getting done by Bainesy? And Huge. Baines, is, Baines is, he, he's not even versing me this week. If we both make it through the next week, he's already throwing chat. <laughs> the, he, he tagged me that he that. likes eating cheese, he reckons. So um, he's, he's already throwing chat ahead of time. That's going to be super exciting to see. Um. Oh, the imp- impressive one to me is Gory. It, I don't think he checks his team and he's somehow made it to the quarterfinals. That, that's that, that's going to be an easy win for Benny that is insane Cheezo yes yes enough about me the uh, donations for the week
1: alright we've got a couple um, again thank you everyone for getting around the Cancer Council and uh, continuously supporting it throughout the season it's been a tough time um, for everybody and obviously donations uh, sometimes become less of a priority um, and you know obviously mm. that's understandable but for everyone that's still donated throughout this year um, we really appreciate it Uh Jamie Hall donates and says, "Why, why wouldeth I suggesteth to choose a Thurloth over Dawson? How stupid ofeth me!" So <laughs> you t- you, you, you he's got me thirloth. reading with. He's got
0: me reading it either like Shakespeare or trying to get me to have a lisp. Or and maybe it's worked. He, maybe so. he's just you know hacking into dinner or something like that, and he's just got a mouthful of like burger or something. <laughs> yeah, you should have wrote that. Pretend you're eating a burger while reading, like. <laughs> or or read while eating burger.
1: <laughs> We've got next. Benny Buzzboys says Eagles lost on Thursday night. Bet with Al. A tiger in Africa. Monty Python need a Monty Python voice. Oh, I, I don't see, think but, you're supposed you, to read that out. <laughs> look, it's I'm reading them live. I'm not pre-reading them clearly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Butler says Dusty VC into McRae See, That's a. Uh, that's a, that's an ouch. I, 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 that's a generous donation. I don't think that's a stupid move, if that's donating for dumb things. So, uh, appreciate that, nonetheless. And uh, BBQ Barb says, Pistol, please read. McInerney, 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 P.S. Team Cheeso are the real Slack MVP. Shout out to the cuke. It's so strange. Anyway, um, anyway. <laughs> Take us through the actual Supercoach talking
0: points, you know, the reason that people listen to the podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) Straight off the top, it's Josh Kelly. It's the one that everyone wants to know what to do with pistol and we've already got it confirmed that he's going to be missing round 15 with concussion. That's not surprising seeing as they do play on the Thursday um, against Carlton at Metricon. So uh, the the second game in, um, I think it's 10 days away, round 16, they're aiming for. He's still touch and go for that. Uh, I think we... We might expect him to get up for that one. What are your initial thoughts on Josh Kelly, particularly in round fifteen, which is you know the difficult bye week of the year? I
1: feel so bad, so unlucky. It's, it wasn't a soft t- tissue injury that got him. You know, you can't really predict KOs, and he he copped it bad. So, look, it's a tough situation because of two things. One, GWS medical staff just flat out lie. They never tell us the truth. And you know they say he's probably going to be right in 10 days' time for the Adelaide match. But I don't believe anything that they say anymore. Um, We've seen what happens, particularly when Josh Kelly goes down. They keep saying, yeah, he'll be back, he'll be back, he'll be back. And by the end, it's the end of the season. Now, I don't think it's going to be at the end of the season. I'm just skeptical whether he actually does come back um, against Adelaide as well. Depending on how they go this week, um, if they get up, then... You know, I mean, they need to win every game basically to make finals, which will be their number one goal. So, I guess that's a, a positive in terms of we'll call it rushing him back. Um, I think I would lean Chizzo, um towards holding him just because he's a player that is capable of going, you know, 140 plus in these easier fixtures. And if he is just a one weaker, being able to have somebody like him in your side going, you know, 140s is just an absolute, you know, game changer. There's not many players that can do that like he can. And the other thing is that it's still a buy around next week. So even if he does miss next week, it's not the end of the world. It's just round 15 is really problematic for people. If you don't have 18, no Chizo. So you potentially have to trade Josh Kelly or you have to trade uh, Mitch Duncan, Dangerfield, uh, Bailey Smith, Simpkin, Bonson-Pelly, Stewart. Would you be trading one of those guys before trading Josh Kelly or would you be trading Josh Kelly out first?
0: You just listed your entire bias this week. I know that for a fact. <laughs> didn't um, say steal. <laughs> Josh Kelly It is a tricky one for me. I appreciate everything that you've said, but I honestly am a little on the fence about this one. If it was a soft tissue injury or something like that, like um, maybe pulled up a bit sore, like the the, the do day situation where um, he missed one week and then came back, I would have no hesitation. But because it's a concussion, usually in the, the 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 week afterwards, you learn how their concussion symptoms are going. They usually say, "Yeah, he's tracking well." Where they get more of a um, a read on how he's going to be playing. You know what the chances are he's going to be playing. The fact that it's ten days away. Um, I think work slightly against him because they'll flat out not really have him do any contact for, uh, for seven days. And so you're going to go from no contact work to playing a game three days later, um, I think is a little bit touch and go for me. Uh, I, I think at this situation, it is more dictated to me by how many trades you have left. I think if you have five or more at this stage, I would probably just move him on to someone to help you through round 15 because anything that can get you through this week ahead of the pack, this is probably the last big opportunity that I can personally see with my team that I'm going to have a chance to jump some of the pack if I can have a good round this round. Um, And so carrying someone like Josh Kelly, who then may also be out the following week as well, I think it's just a little bit too much of a brunt to bear. So, uh, I think if you've got four or less, I would just be holding him because um, at least you know it's not an, a, a long term thing. But if you've got five or more, I would it would be totally comfortable moving on to someone um, that will be playing this week if you can afford, you know, the likes of Oliver or someone like that, are, you know, slightly more pricey that you can you know extend yourself to if possible.
1: Yeah, so then to answer my question, I guess if I'm picking up what you're putting down you're suggesting if you had to trade between let's say Dangerfield and Kelly this week you'd
0: be still trading Kelly yes
1: okay cuz I, I, I
0: know i know for sure that, that Danger's going to be back next week he's yeah. in he's in decent form i understand he's not going to do the 170s that Kelly is um, you know in line to do and has the the capabilities to do whereas Danger's floor uh, ceiling has kind of dropped back from to the below 150s this year but um, if you've got to make a call on one of them, at least we know one of them will be back next week.
1: Yeah, see, I think that if you have enough premiums next week that it's it's almost irrelevant if he plays or doesn't play next week because like, if I'm taking my team as an example, I only have Grundy as the only player out for me next week um, in the buys. So I'm going to have 21 premiums. If I had Josh Kelly, you know, I'd be having 20 premiums. So I just... I don't think I would gain too many points by trading him sideways to somebody um, next week as well. So, given you know how high he can score in rounds seventeen and eighteen, I feel like you'd quite easily make up those points on whoever you trade him out to. So for me, I'd still lean towards you know trading out of Mitch Duncan, for example, um, who's just got the buy and is just a worse scorer than Kelly, and and holding Kelly if I wasn't struggling you know, next week with, with the players. I think that's kind of how I would be playing this situation.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly think that you need to consider the player this week and the player next week that's likely going to score ahead of him. So this week, instead of having a premium, it's most likely going to be one of your rookies coming on field that's scoring for him. So, you know, But not if you're
1: trading out Duncan and you're, you're trading Duncan to a premium instead, for example.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Then it's the um, same.
1: That, that's that's where it's like I think I'd still rather just upgrade and trade and hold Kelly just because he's so capable. And, I I mean, he's not going to miss three weeks, right? It's either no two or one. So, yeah, it depends on... If you've got Dusty Martin and Crisp and Grundy, you know, that's already three premiums. You probably don't want to miss a fourth premium next week. Totally get that, trade Kelly. But I think a lot of people are in a situation where they only have Grundy or only have Grundy and Dusty. Um I think probably two is the average players missing premiums missing next week. And if you mm. are full premium that, you know, I think a lot of the top teams are probably at that stage where they're full premium this week or next week. Um, I think you can get away with just holding him and tra- trading around him.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good discussion I can, though. I, I, it's I can appreciate tough,
1: that. It's a tough, it's a tough uh, question. It's, it's, we, we don't, you know, it's it's a really good discussion. Sorry, I'm yeah. just
0: reflecting I, and we're in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> I feel like it's a bit of a uh a missed opportunity that you can't get back. Like if he is out next week, you still that's two weeks you're not you've got six hundred and fifty K or mm. you know, whatever whatever it is, six hundred K sitting on your bench not scoring your points. So you you've lost that point scoring potential on field. Um and yes, you can you can upgrade um you know, a Duncan or someone like that. I just, I just don't like the idea. in, in for the personal way that I play is being, you know, trading someone and I'm leaving myself uncertain as to whether I'm going to have Kelly even come back. So I, I think it's just more of a a sleep at night factor, uh, as, <laughs> yeah. I, as I often talk about, as opposed to what might mathematically get you the best score. If that sort of makes sense.
1: Yeah, and I, I'd probably play play it your way if. If, if it was like anyone that wasn't Josh Kelly, like there's only maybe four, five players I would consider, I guess we'll call them super premiums um, this season, where I think you gain the points back in round 17 and 18. Like if, you know, Jack McRae, Lockie Neal, um, probably Steele, Kelly, that's only four. Oliver, maybe five. They're probably the players that I feel like are capable of gaining on the other premium midfielders in round mm. 17 and 18 and making up. But you know, if it was Dangerfield being KO'd, then I, I would just trade him. I wouldn't even think about holding him.
0: Yeah, I, I guess the question is Kelly's uh, his usefulness is his ceiling, and having him on the bench during the buys when it's best eighteen, kind of you know rather you could have a Dangerfield that's going to go like one twenty one thirty. Yeah. But being able to use that cash to, you know, get someone. In your side that has the capabilities this season to put out that one ninety, um, I feel I feel like it's a missed opportunity not utilising Josh Kelly's position in your side to um, to use it during that period. I don't know. It, it, it's it's I can see exactly where you're coming from, but I think I'm just too safe. No, that's too, okay. Yeah, the the too, listeners get both sides of the fence for this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you basically you're not losing out as much as you think you are by having Kelly on the bench, but there's absolutely the potential that um, you miss out next week and you've kind of missed the boat to to try and move him and grab something else. But yeah, um, I think I think that certainly sums it up well. Um, I guess in this case, um, you're you'd be leaning towards holding, and I'm leaning toward towards trading. I think is 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 a summary if I'm reading you know exactly yeah. what you're saying. Cool. There we go. All right, great. We'll move off into to the a ne- good
1: start. Disagreeing
0: <laughs> disagree- once again. Yeah. Agree on to first, disagree. On the first question, all right. <laughs> Let's, what's, what's the next the, topic that we can disagree the, on? The, the next topic, another injury from uh, the most recent round, is Luke Ryan. Uh, a lot of people thinking that they need to, to get him out. He's already been listed as a test pistol, so I guess the only takeaway from that is uh, probably don't need to rush and trade him out just yet because he may only potentially miss a week if that so it's a hold for me at this stage but i probably wouldn't be looking at you know if i was looking at my final defensive upgrade i don't think i'd be bringing him in
1: he's been one
0: of the best defenders if
1: not the best defender outside lloyd for this season so i I don't think i would be
0: removing him on a test it's one weaker at, Mm. at worst yeah um the the reason i wouldn't bring him in being as a test and also as expensive as he is for having such a good year i think um there's a little bit too much inherent risk in that, but just definitely keep an eye on Team Sheets. Uh, the next player to talk about, uh, Max Gorn, Pistol, obviously came back with a bang, uh, 130 or 140 around that mark. Um, I think the rest has done him some good, and I think we mentioned this a few weeks ago, that at, you know he's only going to benefit from having an extra week off um, during that period, and he came back and played fantastic.
1: Look, I'll put my hand up and say I'm shocked. Well, I'm surprised, and I didn't expect it. Um, and was potentially wrong with the assessment on how Gorn is going to bounce back. I, I didn't think he would play 94% time on ground first game up. I think this week the second match in a short time frame was the one that I was worried that he'd, I guess, spend more time forward or whatever it might be. But at the same time, Melbourne are in a good position to sneak eighth spot on the ladder if they can win all their remaining games. And they're not going to do that without Gorn. So... Close games are going to bode well for Gorn's time on ground. If it's a blowout, I still have my concerns. Um, But they're competitive and they've got a good draw. And uh, really, he scored 141 and he probably could have got more than that, to be honest, as well. So he's clearly the best (laughs) Ruckman, like scoring-wise is just off the absolute charts. I guess against Sydney, where he's got much weaker opposition. His break even of, I think it's 165, is very achievable. He, as he well, could get Gizzo.
0: that. He could get that for sure.
1: So I'm not sure it's even worth waiting another week for a second price fall because if he scores 150, you, you miss out on 150 points and save $5,000. Like, who cares?
0: Yeah. I, I guess I would counter that by saying there's obviously some inherent risk. You know, he, he's not going to be completely recovered from a PCL um he is you know still has that cloud of you know potential management for the remaining time during the year is it too late to take a risk on a player at this stage of the season with the amount of trades we have and the you know the likely carnage that we have in 17 and 18 look if
1: i had draper at r3 i would be totally comfortable getting gone at R2. Like, I, I wouldn't even think twice about it. I'd be like, you know what? Go on, great POD. I can p- put the VC or C on him as well and try and shuck some really big scores. And if he does, worst case scenario, miss a week, I've got trade for cover. I guess, worst case scenario, is him just playing like resting forward in a blowout or, I mean, he could still kick goals, whatever it might be. I think there's not that much downside as I thought last week um, in selecting Gorn. So, personally, it's just too big of a risk for for my situation because I I don't have cover at R three and I wouldn't have the trades to even deal with it if he did get injured. So for me, I can't. But if you have that DPP and you can kind of get cover and you have some trades, um, no one's gonna score in the rucks anywhere near gone. So if you want to go for it, definitely you know shoot your shot.
0: Yeah, uh, and I agree with that. I think the only thing is. Um some people might be using Draper to cash in any price rise that he's had to kind of manipulate that money into getting gone. Maybe you've got like a uh, let's say you've got a Nick Nat, a Nick Nat gets arrest and he's six hundred and twenty K and you've got to find um, you know, eighty or hundred K to get gone. and I think there's a potential that Draper might be used in in that sort of situation. But if you're you're planning on holding him at R three for the remainder of the year, um I think there's absolutely no downside to it. Uh, I I personally Again, just reiterating everything I say, every single question. Um, I would probably just stick with the rucks that I've got, unless I have a direct rest or injury and I force to trade. Um, but that's that's more down to how many trades I'm going to have left when I get to the other side of round sixteen or round fifteen, even. And you have Nick Nat to be just to be clear, not Goldstein. Yeah, Nick Nat and Grundy is is who I'm running with at the moment. So. Uh, if one if one of those miss a week, that's when I will look at getting gone. But I've kind of, um, when I got rid of him, I grabbed Neil and just kind of wiped my hands clean and said, "Well, I'll let's just hope Neil outscores Gone for the remainder of the year."
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you you know that there's a chance that it could just ruin your entire season, but the risk the reward is so high that you're kind of like, yeah, it's going to be worth it, <laughs> and, you, and you just roll that dice anyway. You're like, oh, it's like a
0: three percent chance that. It's just going to mess up my entire season. <laughs> All um, right. I've got one for you. Next week, Brody Grundy to Max Gorn. What are your thoughts? Oof. That's really trying to maximize the points. The, the problem I have
1: is <laughs> I have 21 premiums. Like, am I going to be playing with 22 premiums next week? Like, I, I don't know how much, how many points I'm going to gain from that trade, particularly if Grundy's able to. Put together some good scores in Collingwood's literally must-win matches um, in round 17 and 18. Like, we, we can't. The Pies can't be messing around with having a Cox, Cameron, Meyer, Check forward line. One of those guys, probably Cameron, is going to be dropped, and Grundy is going to need to be rucking like the entire game because anytime Cox is in the ruck is worrying. So, I just think that if Collingwood needs to make finals. Grundy needs to lift, and I, I'd feel comfortable that he's going to. Play all of those games and not get a rest, and that he's going to score quite well. So, personally, it's not for me, but I can totally see if you have 18 premiums or 19 premiums and you want to try and pull a fast one, it's an option. Particularly if you're playing for league and you're in an elimination match, um, trying to work into you know a prelim. That's a that's a sneaky move, I
0: think, mm. Chiso. That's that's one that could um, get you over the line. And, and it's certainly one thing that we don't really pay as much attention as um, it probably deserves. Is the amount of league players that we have out there listening to the podcast, and a lot of our content is you know overall orientated, and we can be a bit short sighted sometimes and say you know that's uh, that's a that's a terrible move or you know don't do this, do that. But uh, if you're in a do or die you know elimination final, for example, as you say. And you're summing up your opponent and you say, hey, this is going to be uh, moves that they won't expect right before teams like uh, Bang Grundy to Gorn. Um, Yeah, it, it certainly keeps something like that in mind. But um, for overall, I'll be just running with Grundy for the remainder of the year at this stage. Uh, moving into the next segment and uh, more of a kind of like a, an overarching um, umbrella kind of look at how we are approaching round 15 pistol. Um approaching round 15 what do you think is the minimum number of premiums yes you might have more than 18 players this week or up to 18 and above what's the minimum number of premiums that you would be happy or comfortable going into this week feeling like that you're still competitive with the other teams that are affected by um the amount of premiums that we're missing this week jeez
1: if i had less than 15
0: i would be worried how many do you have this week Chizo? Uh, I have 16 and four rookies, unless Mingling makes an absolute amazing recovery. So I've got 12 currently, and I'm going to have to use.
1: Players! 12 premiums. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and I'm going to have to use all three trades on my premiumslash rookies um, to be able to get to 15 premiums, mm-hmm. and I'll have 19 for the week, which I think is not enough. Um, at, at least at my rank, to hold spot. I, I'd feel quite unsettled if I had, you know, 14, 15 premiums this week. I think uh, many people will have probably 15, 16, 17. I think that's probably going to be the average. If you have 17, 18, 19, you're obviously killing it in terms of the buy this week. If you do have, like, 12, that's not enough. It, it just truly is is not enough premiums for this week. Um and I think, at least from what I've seen, most people are going to be able to get to 18 players anyway. Um, so if you find yourself in the situation where you've got 15 on field, you're, you're deciding whether you're playing for league or you're deciding whether you're playing for overall because you're going to take a big overall hit this round.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, let's, let me just reference say, a poll that I shared on, on, on Twitter um, courtesy of um, our friend Bryce Mitchell. He put up a how many primos do you have playing this week? And um, we've got 18, 17, 16, or 15 and below. Um, 640 votes. We've got 17% had 18 premiums or more. 15% had 17 premiums or more. 23% have 16 premiums or more. And 45% had 15 premiums or less from um, that little Twitter. You know, six hundred and fifty people is, is a, a fair size for people that take it seriously. So, I think if you're you have the ability to trade yourself to seventeen or eighteen premiums this way this week by doing some um, sideways trades that likes of you know, let's say a, a, a Bailey Smith in your forward line somehow that gets you um, a Parish or someone who's basically the same price. Um, I can totally see the relevance this week because there is absolutely the potential that the par score this week is about you know maybe 1900 or 1950 that's a complete I've got no idea what it could be uh, I just know that the par this week I feel like is going to be considerably lower to pre- than than previous buy rounds pistol
1: yeah and just look as you said I was at 46% at 15 or lower you, you don't want to be in the bottom half of players ever in Super Coach, So mm. you're going to want to have more than that. I think, Chizzo, I'm, I'm just going to get straight into it because otherwise uh, <laughs> we'll never get around to it. But personally, uh, I'm going to be doing a big a big play um, for this round. So uh, I think that trading sideways trading your premiums is fine um, this week, if, especially if you're going to get a zero otherwise or, let's say, uh, Bailey Williams 40, you know, you don't want it, you want to try and push that outside the 18. 40 you know, trading... is pretty generous, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> trading a premium probably gets you 90, 90 points or so. So trades are definitely worth it, but it's about picking the right premium to trade. I don't really want to trade somebody like Jack Steele, who's 600K, who's in good form, who's probably priced, still underpriced based on his average. You know, he's averaging 121 is priced at six hundred, so he's still good value. Yeah, Yeah, he's 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 underpriced just. But for me, you know, that's that's a clear hold. The problem I have with someone like Mitch Duncan is he's five hundred and twenty K and yes, he's not scoring too well. He does have an easy run to end the year, but he's also not at a price where he's not overpriced. Like he's he's comfortably still Underpriced and I expect him to score at his current price. The players that I want to trade out, I'm looking at players who I think are over, reach their peak, they're overpriced for what they're capable of scoring. And then I'm going to try and bring in players that are either, you know, good value or, you know, top tier, um, something kind of like that. So for me, the players that I'm looking to trade out, are Bailey Smith in the forward line, he's peaked after his 150. You know his price at four hundred and eighty three which actually is you know very um it's equivalent to his his current average but his current form really has been iffy he's not a forward that I see being a top six forward for the rest of the season you know he's he's had in his last you know five matches three scores under a hundred and one of them was a hundred you know eighty eight sixty eight one fifty a hundred seventy one I just don't want this guy to be going, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s. It's too hard to tell with Hunter back in the side and Dunkley playing in the midfield and where where Smith is going to go. The fixtures are great for Bulldogs, don't get me wrong. And he could come out and score, you know, 120, 120, 120. But I'm hoping that if I sell him and I'm smart with my trades this week, I'm able to still get somebody who's able to at least equal him or better him um, for the rest of the season. And I get those points this week. But Cheezo... My big trade idea is oh, truly—he's
0: gonna drop it. Gonna drop truly, truly, make sure you're sitting down, everyone. Make move. sure you're sitting down.
1: It's uh, to take to take the phrase from uh, Daniel Begala. It's truly the big shot. None of the lucky Neal out. That's not the big shot. The big shot is Marcus Bonson Pellet out at Woo. 670k to Josh P Kennedy at 417k. <laughs> And banking two hundred and sixty thousand that's that's truly sh- at what shorting <laughs> wow. is chi I'm going to try and explain it because people hear it and think my God that's crazy and I can, I can see wrong. the
0: Twitter messages
1: already it, it's crazy don't get me wrong. do I think Bontempelli is a bad pick? No, I think he's a fantastic pick he's literally now got a five round average of one hundred and forty one like it's insane however he has 199 from 3 rounds ago that's now out of his rolling average so he's absolutely peaked in price at 670 is he worth 670k he's just not chizo he, yeah. he's not overpriced worth the current price. overpriced do I expect him to score well the rest of the season? Totally. I think he can average 120 across his last three games. That would be fine. You know, if I had him and I'm holding him, I'm happy because 120 is great. I don't want to trade him out, but I'm in a situation where I want to maximize my points for the rest of the season. Is he 260K better than JPK? If we go to my, you know, um, podcast, where I'm talking about EV and the price of money and patron-only content, the summary is that, JPK is, well, I'll use different logic so everyone can understand, but JPK is priced extraordinarily cheaply. If I think Bontempelli is going to go 120, I think JPK comfortably is going to go 90, and personally, I think is going to go 100 or 100, just over 100. That 30 point gap, at worst case scenario, I'm, I'm losing 30 points a game, but I'm upgrading my last F6, I'm upgrading Brad Close to Angus Brayshaw with the cash I have a little bit left in my bank at the moment. Being able to do close to Brayshaw, that's like 60 points per game. Uh, you know, I'm better off doing that move. So for me, it lets me... Close isn't playing this week. I get an extra premium. I, I bring in JPK, who I think is severely underpriced, and obviously he has his own risks. And... Then I can play around with what I want to kind of do with Bailey Smith. I've got a couple of wacky ideas, Chizo, uh, which I'll talk about in a sec. But that's basically my um, my big play this week is is selling Bontempelli at maximum price. How
0: do you how do you feel about that, Chizo? Look, I was just enjoying watching you dig your own you know your own hole there, and, and <laughs> I, I, I was just sm- smiling with a wide grin. Um, I can totally understand what you're talking about. I think we opposed the trading of Lockie Neal last week because. It's not like he's significantly priced above what we can expect performance He's wise. underpriced. He's literally underpriced. Exactly. And so <laughs> you're trying to find money to get someone in that is only really going to hold value or go up. I think Bontempelli obviously benefits from that massive 200 that he had there that's jacked his price up. You're cashing him in for a JPK that looked really good, Um last week against uh, well, last round against the power 28 touches I think in shortened game I, I think it's great um, and then being able to get close off the field I think is fantastic because not only are you getting six points 60 points a week as you say close might be rested again next week even after the bye, mate you never know <laughs> never know with him being on the fringe of Geelong so um, I like it I, it's it's a little bit scary with the whole uh, old man calves potential but Um, it's 2020 and it's just another example of our, you know, community trying to find a way to cut corners and find value wherever possible.
1: Well, that's exactly right. I think Josh Kennedy, I can totally understand, you know, the injury risks, um, and stuff like that, but 417 K it's just a ridiculous price. So most, most of the time when we talk about bargain picks, we're talking about like, 470k midfielders 480k midfielders but 417k for somebody that has only gone below 84 once in his injury affected game so every game's above 84 but not just that when he scored that um, two weeks ago I think it was he was he only had 65 percent game time like they eased him back from his injury and then the next week last week he had 28 touches he used it terribly he still scored i think it was 96 and he had 80. What was it? 85 percent game time. So mm. they're not they're not holding him back anymore. They've unleashed him. He'll be hopefully playing above 80 percent game time if he uses the ball a little bit better. You know, 28 touches from any player is usually a ton or more if you use it well. That's a 120 point game. So I think that the potential for him to average 100 is there, even if he averages 90. For the rest of the season, who cares? Um, that's it will do me for the rest of the season. I'm I'm upgrading heaps um, with that leftover cash. So I think if you're shorting a player, you need to pick exactly who it is. Um, and it's it's not the same as uh, you know getting rid of um, Duncan, Steele, Stewart, even Tom Stewart's underpriced. Uh, it's not getting rid of those players. Even Josh Simpkin, Chizo, he's four hundred thirty eight k. I just don't think that you can... Unless you've got a lot of money in the bank and are missing like a Petrarca or I guess Brayshaw, um, who's also going absolutely nuts this season, it's really hard to justify. He doesn't have the value um, in him at the moment. Like Trading him out above Bailey Smith just doesn't seem like the smart play when there's only a couple rounds left and we need to maximize the points potential of every move we make.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I guess this brings me, you know, full circle about the whole sideways in premiums and um, I think you've done a really good job of explaining why you're cashing in Bontempelli over everyone else, overpriced, use that money elsewhere, redistribute it. I think that's been really good. We've got to ask ourselves at what costs to our remaining trades are we willing to, you know, how how much are we willing to have them impacted just to try and fix one round? Is it worth you know, completely depleting your trades remaining as a way to try and get a leg up this this week and then try and make it to the end of the year, or is it, you know, six or one, half a dozen of the other, you've got to try and find the balance between sideways in premiums this week to be competitive without ruining your chance to cover injuries in the future? So if I've got Schoenberg
1: on my bench in round seventeen, Chiso, or round eighteen, let's call it final round of the year. Schoenberg's on the bench and Paddy Cripps is rested, let's say, hypothetically. I know it's going to happen now because I've said that. He wouldn't be
0: doing much less than what he's doing right now, let's just be honest.
1: (laughs) Look, Paddy Cripps is out, Schoenberg can come on and score you X amount of points, right? If you were to trade Cripps to another premium, you get the premium score. Fine. This round, If depending on the amount of players that you have in your site, it's likely no different. If you trade out... Uh, can't, obviously Cripps is playing, so um, well, I could jinx that too, but Oh my um, god, da- why, are you, why <laughs> are you tempting fight? Why are you attempting fight? Let's say danger fills out this week, you know if I'm getting a rookie score Schoenfeld in my best 18 because of that you know, I'm not, I'm not gaining points by saving my trade until round 18 to do it. Yes, there's more inherent risk because um, it's further away from the end of the season and we don't know what's going to happen in round 16, 17 and 18, but if everything goes relatively smooth sailing or you do have you know a backup two trades or whatever it is, let's say you've got five and you want to blow through all three, I think it's a, I don't think you need to worry too much about holding back in that case because you know you're getting an immediate, you're getting immediate reward on your trade this week if you are getting an, an extra premium. Um, you definitely are going to be banking potentially depending on your rookies, um, you know upwards of 50, 60 points which is probably worth it because that's how much you'll be getting at the end of the year. However, if you have no playing bench whatsoever, then I'll ask you the same question. If round 18, if one of your midfielders were to miss, who's your cover? If you have no cover, um, you know what's the difference between now? Like if you've only got 15 players and you're going to be copying three donuts this week, <laughs> then you may as well blow through the trade because why are you holding them? You're holding
0: them in case you're going to get a zero. Well, now you have a zero, so just use them. Yeah, sure. So... I'm kind of picking up, if I'm reading, you know, between the lines correctly, that if you're affected this week in your, um, you know, potential to get a full 18 and a good number of premiums, it makes sense to do a couple sideways, uh sideways trades, to, um, you know, lock in some benefit that you get from from them, because as we saw with JB last year. He held a bunch of trades just in case there was an injury, got to the last round, you know, had nothing to do with it and actually lost like 60 points by just trading Dusty to Crouch or something like that. Um, So I think I would definitely be leaning towards using them this week to try and improve your side and your scoring potential and helping you manage it. I don't think it's any good having 12 premiums and eight rookies playing this week to, to make up your best 18. I think we have to do our best to get as many premiums on field. I think we saw from that graph, 16 is kind of like the benchmark. If you can get more than that, that's fantastic. Um, and if you're below that, then I think you should be um, you know, using as whatever means necessary to try and get back up to that. I think if you only have three trades remaining, um, I'm not even sure if that's possible, but if it is, I think it is, <laughs> I would be leaving... One, at least. Just emergency, panic button. Panic button, because with this condensed fixture, it may not be this week, it may not be next week, it's going to happen at some point. Someone is going to be rested, and you might have made yourself 60 points going um, danger field to someone else instead of having Jared Rivers come on field, but it's going to suck when you have you know Matt Ling and Jordan Butts in defense and then suddenly Ridley's been rested for round 18 because that that's 110 points or 105 points that you can't get back and
1: yeah yeah it totally just depends on which rookies you have in which posi- uh, you know each position obviously if Ridley's out for the season you know in round 16 you don't want to have to play Butts for three rounds in a row yeah exactly three nuggets so- <laughs> <laughs> basically so you've yeah, it it depends on the bench cover and everyone's team's different and i I will say again um our podcasts are for overall gameplay will will make a an asterisk if we're talking about league play if you're playing for league it's a buy round so
0: don't trade <laughs> yeah exactly if you if you're in a cashier or something like that don't don't even bother just you know prepare for next week um and but for for overall this week I think definitely leaning towards um because I think everyone's taking the same tact in, in, in a tactic and trying to progress their team and be more competitive this week. So if you sit on your hands and try and hold a couple trades, so you've got three to, to going into uh, the week after, then I think you're missing a trick. And I think if you can find a good balance, maybe you've got two remaining at the end of this round, um, if that's possible, and then to get you through the last three rounds, I think that's great.
1: Gee, so I'm just going to put you on the spot for a second. Sure. Are there any kind of value picks or, or players that you think are actually worthwhile, you know, sideways trading those premiums to? Like, is there anyone that you've got your eye on or that you would suggest other people potentially look at if they do need an extra premium
0: player or two? Uh, It's a good question because other than JPK, there's no really like massively underpriced premiums that you can be super confident in. I think anyone that's underpriced is going to be a bit of a flyer. We've seen people in the last month, last four rounds, five rounds go... Um, Jeremy Cameron, and a, he took a while to fire. Like that's a bit of a flyer. Um, people are, were trading in Joe Danaher um, as a as a bit of a you know. Fingers crossed. Let's hope something comes of this. Um, I don't think that there's anyone that like necessarily jumps off the page as super super value. Yes, there are underpriced premiums. Um, you know that's the reason I brought in Jack Martin last week um, because he's had an injury affected score that's been reduced. JPK injury affected score that's been. You know, reducing his price. Um, I'm hoping maybe you've got someone that's on the tip of your tongue that you're praying that I actually mentioned.
1: (laughs) I have a couple of players I was
0: hoping that you would mention, to Mm. be honest, Jesus. That's what happens when you Um, put me on the spot.
1: (laughs) No, fair. A couple of them we've spoken about before, but I still think they're good options that are just being um, kind of ignored. And um, the first one that I want to mention is Sam Walsh. You know, he's 517K still. He's. Still not in very many sides, and he has been killing it since round seven. You know, he's only put in two scores below 113, and one of them was a 98. So he's had one poor score since round seven, and the rest of them are big. Like he's right up there at the moment um, with the top, you know, top tier midfielders, um, and only at a fraction of the price. And we know that Walsh has a great tank. Um, he can run for days, and Carlton's fixtures are f- pretty good for the rest of the season. GWS, Swans, Adelaide, and then Brisbane. Yes, that one's a bit, little bit tougher. I guess my only concern for Walsh is I'm I'm guessing Cripps will be fine to play this week, but on the very unlikely chance that he is rested, I wonder who DeBoer then would go to. I guess that that's my only concern, but otherwise I think he's... One of those players where, if you did need to trade Mitch Duncan and you're wondering, oh geez, like he's my only player that I can trade out. You know, who would I go to? I think Walsh is definitely one of those options.
0: Yeah, I like it. It's still. We see when I was thinking undervalued, I was thinking like 350k is what you were no. like. Like, oh, I'm desperate to get my like M8 onto the ground. Who can I get? That's what I thought you were talking about.
1: <laughs> I just don't think there's that many good premium players that don't have the buy this week that are legitimate options um so i think you just need to be very careful with who you trade in so you don't get caught in the trap obviously like gaff can also run for days and he's kind of in the same vein but i I still think he's a worse selection um than walsh going forward do you have any other names just of players that you would feel comfortable sideways trading any premiums to (sighs) it's a good
0: question um (laughs) I don't. I don't necessarily think I've, I. would feel comfortable. I think a lot of the sideways trading that I'm doing is quite savvy. In the aspect of, I, I really like. I think you've pretty much convinced me onto the JPK train, which is like totally, totally <laughs> thrown my <Uh-oh>. my <laughs> sidewaysing out 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 the, the window. Um, but I think it's it's one of those things in in totality if. Um, you can find value somewhere and that allows you to go from uh, in the forward line getting an Andy Brayshaw and suddenly you can get a Petrarca. Um, that's more of like the, the the value that I'm looking for as opposed to, um, you know, a parish that's going to go low 90s in, in the forward line that you might sideways, a Bailey Smith who's like th- only 13K more expensive. I think um, comfortable would not be the right word. I think I'm trying to find someone that, by not having a buyer scores more than the player you're trading out. I don't, it's not, not that I feel great yeah. about it.
1: So I think um, another player that I feel quite confident in, and there's not that many of them, as I said before, mm. uh, would be Jared Lyons. He's at 589K. And honestly, his scores this year, if you haven't looked at them or you're unaware because he's basically in no teams as well, they're unbelievable. He's only had three games the whole season below 114 points. Um, and fortunately or unfortunately, the last one was just last game, a season low of 57. But, you know, outside of that, just a 92 and 88 and everything else above 114, including um, scores 147, 138, 126, 121. And most of those are in the last couple of rounds as well. So he's been just phenomenal this season in terms of super coach and his run home, Collingwood. Gold Coast, Swans, Carlton. Like, their games where he could absolutely dominate. So, for me, I would feel I, I actually wanted to do Bontempelli to Lions. That was my plan for like the last three weeks. And then this whole alternate JPK plan's kind of just fallen into my lap last minute. And I thought, ah, this will do. Um, but I was planning on getting Lions for, for Bont this whole time because I think Lions is just an an outstanding pick, um right at this stage of the season. Even those if if you are trading Kelly, uh, I think you should just maybe even have a have a little look at Lions.
0: Yeah. I like it. I I actually had a look when I was assessing my M eight that I was gonna get next week, but he's just a little bit too expensive for me. He's uh
1: going to fall a little bit more if people are willing to wait one more week. He's still got to break-in of 173. So he's going to be ripper value um, if you pick him up at the next week. And Chizzo, the last player that I'm going to talk about that provides... I don't even know if I'm going to call it value because you don't know what you're going to get. It's It's that type of player where... There's four rounds to go. It's 2020. You're having a little bit of a laugh, and you're like, "I'm going to trade in the player who could average 120 for the rest of the season." Oh, no, I know where this is going. <laughs> could average 70 points, and that's Toby Green.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: he's 446k. He's he's cheaper than Bailey Smith. I don't know if he's better than Bailey Smith, but <laughs> he's, he's definitely, definitely not. he's definitely a crazier pick than Bailey Smith. He's just. He's one of those players where we saw what happened last season. They He had like this six-round spurt where they put him in the midfield at towards the end of the year. I think it was around 17 to 22 where he averaged over 120 points a game. He just went ballistic in the midfield. It was just phenomenal. And then you know he comes back in the preseason, they put him in the forward line, and you're like, well, I guess it makes sense because he's a goal kicker, but he, he thrives in that midfield. And I'm hoping, Chiso I am praying if Kelly is out for one week, maybe even two weeks, will Toby Green play in the midfield just to, to reignite that spark uh, for GWS? I'm hoping it's true. I'm hoping it can happen. Because if it does, you know, you're know you getting a player um, priced at 440 that's capable of scoring 120 plus <laughs> for at least the next fortnight. And then who knows what happens after that. I think...
0: You know, have I lost my marbles? What, what's the words I'm looking for? You know, I, I don't step back and let friends do crazy things, um, but I just love the just the craziness you're talking about in 2020. The super thats what it's about. It's about you just doing crazy things and me watching it fail miserably. I just—I swore off Toby Green about six seasons ago and still managed to have him every year. Uh, but this is the first year I'm putting my foot down. I'm not going anywhere near it. But I can understand that he has the chance to go 160 at any given week. And during a buy round, that would be absolutely beautiful. And I, <laughs> I, I respect you for putting your hand up and saying, you know what, I'm a little crazy, but I don't like it. I don't mind it. <laughs> Look, He's got Carlton. Then he has Adelaide. Then he has Melbourne
1: and St Kilda. I just think the draw is there. GWS need to win games. He He could very, very well put out 40s for the next month and I've just <laughs> killed my season I can't wait but, to watch mate I can't wait to watch oh man look it's a, I don't know if I'm going to go through with it it's it's one of those picks where you feel a little bit sick to your stomach and giddy with delight at the same time um, I'm not sure I can I can do it but it, it would be one hell of a ride right. so I'm just going to put it out there in the universe for those that are just I guess as nutty as I am.
0: Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll quickly shoot through some rookies and captaincy options as time's getting away from us. Rookies this week. There's only a couple really to choose from. Uh, Cameron Polson from Carlton, uh, 139k. Put out <laughs> a 23. Wouldn't be going anywhere near him with a 10 foot pole unless you needed. No, I wouldn't be going anywhere near him. Uh, we have. He's priced at his average. Yeah, that's right. He's gonna he's gonna hold his price, which is great, absolutely great. Um, <laughs> maybe if you need a warm body to to finish the end of the year, Thomas Fullerton, another forward from Brisbane, off the buy with a fifty four, just reminds me of all the other Brisbane rookies this year, bar Starsevich, that just come and go as they please in a um, you know a top four contending side. I've got absolutely no faith whatsoever. Do you agree?
1: Um. Yeah
0: uh, Look You're relying on him for scores, hey? You'd love it I'm, You'd I'm not Play him on I, field I mean,
1: look I'm not not. I don't want to play him on field F6. I mean, he's better than close better heard it here first <laughs> he's, he's, he's better than close I I just think like At this stage of the season I want to try and pick a rookie That's going to play more than one game And I feel like he could like, I I feel like He's going to potentially play One or two more games, you know that probably makes him one of the best rookie options available. <laughs> so I don't really
0: want to put him down. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Let's talk about someone that's only going to get one more game. That's Bailey J. Williams that you've held on all year just to, to finally get a game. And you've, you've basically traded out all of your rucks just to get him on field because you're just so happy he's back. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I imagine
1: next week it's either going to be a, a JJK straight in and, and BJ Williams out or it's going to be Nick Nat Rests. Um, I guess they're the only two options um, that's going to happen. But I I think it's unlikely that he can hold a position for the rest of the year. Uh, He is also not... He he played well. I I thought he was decent enough. I just don't think he's a great super coach scorer. So um, he wouldn't be my first recommendation. Um,
0: I I do want to say something funny, though. Out of all those... Have we gone through all the options? We've got Thomas Dow, uh, Thompson Dow. Uh, from yep. Richmond, 117k midfielder that came off a 49.
1: Right. Well, I mean, Richmond kind of are just rotating through their list and midfielders at the moment. Yep. I, I don't think his job security is going to be particularly tight. I was going to say, out of all of those players, who do you think actually has the best job security?
0: Keegan Brooksby. <laughs> <laughs> um that's a great question i i couldn't tell you. i'd probably uh no i've got no idea
1: yeah Paulson it, maybe it's,
0: yeah well look it's actually funny
1: um that you say that because i thought it was hilarious like so Paulson is for those that don't know one of the worst super coach uh scorers of of all time he, <laughs> he's he's really that bad uh he's he's Previous year's average read, um, thirty four, thirty five, and twenty eight, um, and then this was his first game this season. I heard he scores he's... really well in AFL ratings though. <laughs> well, he scored a twenty three this week, so not a great start. But funny part was he's been pretty much a forward for his whole career, and he's been learning the the craft. They say from the half back line, and I know a lot of Carlton sports were really up and about about his transformation and how good he looks rebounding off that half back, and obviously when. Um, SPS was out. They were like, okay, you know, it's Paulson's time to shine. He's going to come back in and everyone's going to be like, whoa, like Polson's okay now. He's not this <laughs> terrible forward. And then he came in and he scored 23 Supercoach points off the half-back line. I'm like, ah, oh, some some players just aren't good Supercoach scores. It doesn't matter where you put them in the field. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Fullerton from Brisbane, they, they kind of need that second tall behind Hipwood um, just while Steph Martin is out. And they they trialed a bunch of them, Balladin and Skinner, and they didn't stick. But Fullerton, I thought, was better than both of them. And if he plays like how he played in his first game, I think he can at least hold until Steph Martin's back. Okay.
0: I'll throw this one at you. Is there any chance that you pick um, you know, an elevated rookie that we know has at least got job security would you cough up the money for a Riccardi, Mosquito, um, a Xavier Neal from West Coast that um, have already played two games, generated a little bit of cash, so they're elevated slightly? Is that Would you prefer to pay 20K and get one of those as opposed to these guys that we have no real confidence will play more than next week?
1: I would totally pay the 173K for Riccardi. I think that would be a beautiful move to make. He is just... A fantastic footballer and he's scoring really well on supercoach. No hesitation whatsoever there. O'Neill, I'm less convinced about. He's a good player and he's fine Super Coach scorer, but I'm more worried that we've got Redden who's meant to return this week and Elliot Yo's already flown back um, to the hub, so he's probably going to be in in not this week but maybe the week after. And I'm like, is is he really going to survive? two midfielders coming into that side I, I don't think so um, so I probably wouldn't want to be paying a more inflated price for O'Neill over one of those, uh, over him but I'd be paying an inflated price if you could afford it for Ricardian, probably not for Mosquito I don't think he's um, scoring potentials there Chizzo, but Chizzo if you, if you didn't need a player this week or you're playing for leagues, would you consider just going for a non-playing
0: 102k rookie? Oh, it's hard to take my overall lens off, isn't it? Um, I don't necessarily hate the idea. I've thought about it enough this year. Uh, The way that I think about it is that a lot of the rookies are so hard to predict if they're going to have any longevity in the team anyway, that if you're picking up a guy that's 117K, it's 15K more that you've got to pay to guarantee yourself one game. You know what I mean? Like... um, I would probably cough up a, like $15,000 just to get that some game time out of them because you never know. They might be someone that plays two or three games and suddenly you've accidentally got cover as opposed to deliberately bringing in a, a con, um or someone from Gold Coast and then suddenly you need ruck cover because Nat knew um, you know rested or something like that. I think that's, it's so hard for me to step away from that mindset. Fair enough.
1: I think um, it depends on your other... I wouldn't be wanting to... Just say I had Skinner at F7. I wouldn't then want to be taking a 102K non-playing at F8 mm. and, you know, leaving my bench... Totally Riccardi at F7, back. though. If you have Riccardi at F7, I'd be purchasing a 102K loophole option. Just check who plays late, you know, for the rest... For the games um, the remaining and just loophole him with your F6. I think uh, that's a totally fine move. I'd, I'd stick a non-playing player at my M11 as well. I'd feel comfortable doing that. So you know, if even if you needed the money this week, trading someone like Bytel, if you were desperate for money, trading Bytel who's not playing anyway uh, to a 102k rookie, I can totally see the merit in doing that. Personally, if you do have the money though, I do find value just punting it on a rookie that's is at least playing this week just in case they hold for the rest of the season then you do get some playing cover Um, you know most of the rookies that you trade in now are not going to be able to appreciate and value enough for you to actually trade them out like even Riccardi I don't know if he's going to get to a price that makes it worthwhile to trade him out you know before round 17 for example so for me I'd just be holding Riccardi for the rest of the season and just use him as cover if I'm going to you know, one of my premiums is missing, so um, I think you have got to take that into consideration as well.
0: All right, mate. We'll jump into the next session, which is a captaincy. I think it's another really obvious VC for me. That's Titch on the Tuesday first game of the round against Adelaide. I think that's a, a, that's a pretty easy VC for me.
1: There's actually a lot of good captaincy choices that I like this week. Cheese. What about VCs? Um, We're talking. I'm, I'm, I'm starting with VC. Starting with the VCs, oh, you could VC if if Lockie Neal's playing in the last game of the round, it means everyone's a VC option, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> so you've got to have it. You've got to have yeah, yep. Yeah, You're yeah, absolutely spot on. I agree. <laughs> so Titch, uh,
1: Adelaide have given up big midfield numbers, so it, it is hard to go past Titch. I, I'm with you right away on that one. Um, I think that there's probably um, some merit in looking at. Uh, like player against Richmond oh. they give up big scores just like Merritt <laughs> <laughs> I did in the wrong way there I missed the pun um, but yeah I think if you had you know a Fife um, even Brayshaw I think could go particularly well mm. there's at least someone to consider and alternatively Dusty as well for flipping it back around against Fremantle um, I think that's totally an option Jake Lloyd is just in ridiculous form at the moment you know, five round average above 130. I think he is somebody against Melbourne that's probably going to just Oof, rack it yeah. up. And I'll, again, again, on the flip side, you've got Oliver and Petrarca and Gorn, who are just like bombshell VC options. Yeah. Particularly Gorn against Sinclair. It's, that's huge. It's crazy. And then you've got this GWS Carlton game. I mean, obviously, Kelly's not going to be uh, playing, but. In the in seasons past, without Kelly canelio has gone on a tear as well, and uh, Whitfield, he goes on a tear. And he's playing that halfback role at the moment, and he's looking unbelievable. <laughs> he's literally everywhere. He he, I can't explain. I mean, people probably watch football, so you know what I'm talking about. But he, he's just insane right Fresh now. Fresh off 167
0: too. Oof.
1: Yeah, I, I like this. I'd be. They've got to put someone on him, like. You have to put someone on him if you opposition coach, I think. Maybe um, they put Polson on him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe they do. Um, so I think you've got another option, a couple of options there. And then finally, captaincy. Can you go past Lockie Neal this week? Does it have to be... Is, it, is there a better option than Lockie Neal this week at all?
0: Uh, no, but 15,000 people traded him out last round, so maybe they've only got Grundy left in the last round last game of the round.
1: That's true. I, I probably wouldn't be putting it on Grundy. Um I think Gorn could rival Neil for best option this week, but I Neil against Collingwood. Collingwood don't tag, so they'll let Neil somewhat run. I just yeah, I like that. I, it's hard it's hard for me to see past Titch into Neil this week. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um We'll get into some Patreon questions if you're happy with that. I think you've summed it up quite well. Uh, podcast questions channel in Slack. Pistol, you usually shoot some at me, but I'm going to turn around and yep. shoot some at you. No. Bluebagger, Draper R2 for the rest of the season, please discuss. It's got the most likes. How? Oh, it's, it's, what do you mean, how? It, how? How is that a question? No. <laughs> what? Draper <laughs> That's R2 me. for, the, Big for the rest of the season? I mean, it's a
1: strange... He's just been rested. So it's a little bit strange just in terms of, like, is the expectation that he's going to play every game for the rest of the season because he's just had the rest? Because to me, it kind of feels like there's a short turnaround between rounds 15 and 16, and then he still has to play 17, 18. So I, I wouldn't be putting all my eggs in the Draper R2 basket where I feel like it's very likely he just gets another rest um, in round 16 or 17. Yeah,
0: I think... Probably 17. I think he misses one more. Yeah. That's, that, that's the part that scares me.
1: This is the too risky basket where... I mean, who's your, who's your R3 um, if you have a Draper R2? Because it's not
0: Draper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. Um, so... I think that sums it up well. Too risky. I, like, it, if you had Big O...
1: Um, in your forward line is your F6 then uh, and you had that you you'd be able to then cover him um, if he were arrested then i think that that is a
0: possibility Chiso. I mean you you're basically guaranteeing yourself that you're going to cause yourself issues. so i i'd too safe for that um, h says is duncan to matt crouch a good decision for the run home if you think you've got enough trades Crouch has had a couple of 130s in the past two. High floor Hawks, GWS Carlton, and Richmond to come. Pistol.
1: Uh, Brad Crouch is back this week, and I don't know how it will affect Matt Crouch's scoring. I imagine it will have some sort of impact and not a positive one. So for me, a little bit cheaper, I'd probably still be going Walsh. Um, over Matt Crouch, if I was having a direct comparison between two, but obviously if you can afford Lions, he's the guy for me. Sure,
0: Jacko. Nick Haynes becomes more and more affordable each week. Is he a good target, even though he's gone three games in a row without a ton?
1: Yeah, I think he's a a, a great target. In fact, he's now at he's probably bottomed out or at the bottom of his price. is only four hundred eighty four k. So this is where I'd almost be jumping on him, like it's funny his last three games he got that forward tag on um that's he scored sixty seven against the swans three weeks ago so now he's bonded out but the last two weeks he's got ninety seven and ninety six that's that's basically a ton like if he scored a hundred and a hundred, we probably wouldn't be worried about him um I'm certainly not worried about him I'd be more worried about like Ridley than than Haynes right now, so uh I would still be jumping on um Haynes. Um, particularly when they've got Carlton and Adelaide and Melbourne. Actually, maybe not. Their ball's not going to go down there, Chief.
0: <laughs> that's true. They're, they're not going to get any. Well, that's right. They're, they've played a couple good games in a row. Well, really, only one good game in a row. But <laughs> is that even in a row? Um, and they got a good run home. So maybe he doesn't do any clean up whatsoever. And, you know, Whitfield's just down there taking all the ball off the half back.
1: Look, it's possible, but I, I would be. I would be uh, more comfortable saying he's going to be fine rather than say uh, the ball's not going to go down there at all and he's going to just score poorly. It's not like he's not free. Like he, He's had to play, I guess, a bit tighter with Phil Davis going down, but he's still put up a 96 and a 97. So that's fine for a defender score. I'd still be fine getting him and think he's a good target. All
0: right, complex one to finish. From Alex Rance. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't think it's the real Alex Rance. That'll be really exciting. I think it I is. I think it is, yeah. Uh, it's questionable as to whether or not bringing Gorn and a cheaper mid in for Goldie and Jelly is worth it. It would leave him um, with one upgrade with only two trades remaining. So, uh, Goldie and Jelly out for Gorn and a cheaper mid with two trades remaining and only 21 premiums any side that's uh
1: i think you're just going to do the maths on this one i would be just writing down on a sheet of paper and saying uh what do i think gold is going to average what do i think jelly's going to average and then what do i think the premium forward i assume let's pretend it's a forward that you don't have what the premium forward that you bring in is going to average because you would be doing a one down and one up and spending that money um getting that last premium off your field, and then work out doing Gorn, a cheaper midfielder, let's say JPK for argument's sake, and a rookie going to score. And I think it's possible you'll find that just in this circumstance, um, getting that extra premium might benefit you if you're able to do it this week because you get an pre- extra premium over a rookie score for you know the next three rounds, and that might be enough time to get those points back on the board. But I guess if you're waiting, if this is a question about the future, um, even one week may tip it in scale in favor of you know getting that Gorn option. Um, and also don't forget to rule out the fact that Gorn's a, a VC option. But this is definitely one to, to write down and nut it out on paper.
0: Yeah, cool. All right. Thanks very much, community, for listening to the podcast. Lots of cul-de-sacs that we've gone down this time pistol and ended up in some really interesting uh, topics and questions and analysis that basically has come from your brain straight into the microphone, which I absolutely love. Why don't you tell them where they can find us during the week? Uh, you can find our main Twitter at
1: Dr underscore SC. If you have any questions, you can find Chizo at Chizo underscore DRSC with a Z. You can find JB at JB underscore DRSC and you can find myself at Pistol underscore
0: DRSC. Cool. All right. Thanks very much. Good luck in round 15, guys. It's going to be really condensed over very, very quickly, Tuesday to Friday. Make sure you... Keep an eye on all the lockouts. Tuesday locks out at 5.40. It almost caught me last week. Make sure you look out for it. Good luck. Talk to you in the end of the round.